What's really going on, everybody? Welcome back. You're joined by, of course, Henry Woods, Noah Lyons, and Mackenzie Marshall. Um, before we get into the special guest, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WRGOPod. Make sure you subscribe, like, share, all of that great stuff. Um, what at what's really going on? Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, all of that. Everything you can listen to a podcast on. Also, make sure. You go tune in and get the merch, you know what I'm saying? Um, <clears throat> because it highlights change agents. And speaking of change agents, we have one of our own Howard Heroes here joining us. Um, Charles, formerly known as DJ Atrus, that's how I know him. <laughs> uh, would you like to you know, give us an introduction to yourself? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, hi everybody. Um, again, he said, my name is Charles, but did used to DJ for a little while, still do from here time to time, but you know, that's selective gigs now, not as much um, as I used to. But um, right now I'm just working on my LLC that I just declared recently, um, officially, um, and getting that off the ground, got the website up for that and everything like that, um, as well as um, some other, another nonprofit I'm trying to start as well. Um, so, just a lot of things in the work as far as me right now and what I'm doing and everything. I come from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Got to shout out my city sometimes because we are a small one. We don't get a lot of love. So I want to put them on the map while I can for sure. Um, so hardly home, but always repping for sure. But that's a little on me right now, man. All right, man. It's good to have you. Good to have you. So um, some of you may know, may not know, recently in Atlanta, Charles stopped a potential mass shooting. I'm, I'm not sure of all the specific details. That's why we invited him on. Can you take us through that moment? Like what happened? How did you feel? What was the first thoughts? What happened? Um, so it was a typical day for me. Um, I like to stream revenue together myself, like just a um, few different types of streams of income. So one of them being Instacart. So I do that for a couple hours a day and maximize some profits off of there. So typically I'm not too forward for working myself too hard in anything. Again, it becomes a chore. It's not fun anymore. And, um, definitely don't want to be doing it then, but Try to make the best out of everything. So Instacart was becoming a chore to, on this particular day. Um, a lot of people ordering for Easter coming up and everything like that. So big orders coming through. I mean, eight, 10 jugs of water, <laughs> whatever have it you can think about. But I pretty much took this order and was about to cancel it, actually go home and take a break. Because I was like, man, I'm done for the day. I've been up since six in the morning. You know, I was coming up on 12. I had took like two breaks, but still I was like, man. They want this and that on their order. I don't know if I could take this one. So I was going to cancel it, but I ended up um, actually just taking it, but hesitantly again, because I was tired, but I was like, man, let me go do this. So I get in there and I have to use the restroom at the same time. So I'm like, if anybody knows me while I'm working, like bathroom breaks are literally so tedious. Like I will hold it all day if I have to, to get stuff done and make the money. And then we'll do bathroom after. So I'm like, man, dang, I got to go to the bathroom. So step off to the side to use the restroom. And um, in this particular Publix at Atlantic Station, the bathroom is like two feet from the entrance. So like the entrance is on one side, on your right side, and then there's an entrance on the left side separated by just the elevator shaft and everything like that. So it was like a two-second walk, like really to get over to the bathroom from the time I started the order. 
So I started the order, went to the bathroom. So the seconds are counting on the clock. Like Instacart times you just to, you know, give you some sense of like how long you may have been in the store and maybe how long you should take with certain items and everything like that. So you can optimize your shopping. So I get in there, man, typical bathroom thing. You don't talk to many people in a bathroom. I mean, maybe a what's up, you know, if you get too close or something like that would have it. But typically you're not going to talk to anybody bathroom. So I walk past this man who is named as Rico Marley later and everything like that. He then um, is cleaning up a spill. So it looks like flooded water out of the toilet. It was a little brownish. And I even had to almost step around it and almost stepped in some of it, like a little residue out to the side because it was that flooded. So I thought that was odd, like for sure. Um, not to judge him too much, but he was just wearing a white T-shirt and black pants. So like not getting help and being kind of standoffish to people typically says homeless to me just because I frequent, you know, a lot of bathrooms having to be on the road a lot like I am, like moving around the city and everything like that. I ended up using the grocery store bathroom actually a lot. So bathrooms like that, gas stations, you know, um, people who are displaced and homeless don't typically talk back. If they do, it's to, you know, maybe reach out for help. But if they're into something, they're into something. So I don't usually bother them. So I assumed a little bit that you might have been homeless, but just kept it moving, man. And I went to go use the bathroom, come around and wash my hands. And I'm washing my hands. He's still cleaning up water. He hasn't talked to me. He hasn't moved like sporadically or like did anything different. He's just taking paper towel off the wall and putting uh, paper towel on the floor to clean up the water. And I'm like, why didn't he call a public employee in my head? But otherwise, I uh, washing my hands, look back a little bit like you do naturally. You know, you look over your shoulder. And I thought I seen a gun the first time. So I'm like, ah, oh, because it was a quick look. I'm just checking to see where he's at as well because he is in the bathroom with me. And I'm like, he's right behind me somewhere. So wanted to see where this guy was, if he was still moving around. So he's still outside the stall the whole entire time. I uh, look again deliberately, like I pick myself up and turn around like, that is an AR, like, okay, so, yeah. whoa, color, you know, Colorado just happened and everything. I am an Instacart shopper, so I'm well aware. And again, shaking up about these types of incidents because we're by chance, it's not no, you know, again, it takes nothing away from the victims or anybody, you know, in the case of, um, you know, Colorado itself, but it's just in the case that you are an Instacart worker, you're there by chance. Like, just like I'm here by chance on this story, same thing as every order. It's just like we can pick up an order by money amounts. Like if it says $53 and it's going to take you 30 minutes to shop the order, you don't care where it's at. It's like click, swipe, let's go, you know, get it done. So we're there by chance. So I'm just like, wow. I need to go report this joint because he didn't want to. I'm thinking in my head, like, dang, dude in here with the AR and he didn't say nothing. He just in there cleaning up water. Like, I promise you, it's this nonchalant for me. So I'm like, wow, let me go tell a public employee. My brain is like, then they're going to tell a police officer who's going to come and get the gun. We're going to find out whose gun it is. Easy day for everybody. Man, did it change around? So I go report the gun. The clerk at the desk who is two feet from the bathroom, again, two feet from the entrance where dude would have walked in. I'm like, yo, there's an AR in your bathroom. I think it needs to be removed, especially in light of uh, recent events, like verbatim what I said to him. And um, he says, all right, okay, sir. Like, I got you, I heard you. And I was like, 
right. You know, it was like, you heard me. It was like, I'd have been moving, like, you know what I'm saying, running to go get somebody. So he said, all right, excuse me, next customer, please. I said, oh, I said, all right, so I got to be Action Jackson now. So I step outside because it's Atlantic Station. I frequent the area a lot. So I'm like, there's either a security guard or police officer somewhere around. This is a very, like, high traffic area uh, on most days. Particularly not today, but most days when it's warm, like just yesterday I went to go shop an order there. Man, it was at least 2,000 people out in the area. You know what I'm saying? So go to get the police officer. Ironically, they're nowhere to be found. I do that for like five minutes, but I couldn't get too far because I'm like, bro, if this dude come out shooting the store and I didn't get a chance to warn people, I'm going to feel bad. Like... And I'm not even saying him. I'm saying more or less whoever's coming back to get the gun, wherever the gun is there. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm going through it right now. So I'm like, wow. So I start jogging back. I'm like, oh, I hope they got a police officer there. No police officer there. No security guard there. I'm like, hey, bro, I told you there's an a hole in your bathroom. And I'm trying to keep it low volume because there's customers checking out, like, even 30 feet away. So it's like, yo, I told you there's an AR in your bathroom. Y'all still ain't go in there. Like, I said, there's... Did anybody come out the bathroom? He said, no. Nah. I said, I mean, dude's still in there with the with the strap, bro. Like, I'm saying, like, you need to figure this out. So he calls up to the manager. Manager comes down, nonchalant, too. We going, you know, save some time on that part because they both just basically put me off for, like, at least 15 minutes until they call the security guard. Security guard calls the police officer's phone. I get this from a journalist here from uh, from AJC and everything. He was just like, man. They called the police officer's cell phone. The security guards did. They called a cell phone. He then dispatches it to his lieutenant. Lieutenant then dispatches it out, you know, as a radio call. So then that took another six or seven minutes. And then, boom, they get there. They basically go in there and seize him. They come out like, sir, what was he dressed in? What was this? And then he started, uh, you know, interviewing me. And I'm like, white T-shirt, black pants. They said, no, 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 no. And I was like, wait, he did come back out in the black, uh, blue hoodie because he came to ask for a pen. We were like waiting there for some time. He came out the bathroom. He says, can I have a pen? The manager says, yeah, hands on the pen. I'm like gesturing. I'm like, yo, <laughs> your boy was in there for 20 minutes with the gun, like with the gun. Up. I think there's still one gun in there. Like, I don't know anything yet. So I'm like, I think there's still one gun. I said, oh, dude was in there the whole time. Y'all can ask him about the gun, like, but just figure it out. She gives him the pen, lets him walk back in the bathroom that is blocked off by a shopping cart. At this point, security guards are right there, kind of too, but they're outside talking to, um, trying to get the police on the phone. So they don't even see him come out for real. He comes out, does that, get the pen, walks back in. I'm like, oh, what is going on? Boom, police basically come. They pull him out of there. He has body armor and six other guns. So it's like, I was like, bro, this is a shock to me. Like all of that was a development. So it was just like, I didn't know that under that blue hoodie he came back out in to get the pin with that he was uh, wearing body armor, uh, body armor up under there as well as uh, he had loaded pistols and loaded chambered uh, ARs and shotguns already cocked and ready. I was just like, after that, my hands were up. I'm like, whoa, I didn't even know this was going to turn into this as well as that he had that much in there. I seen one AR, so that's pretty much the story and like it's short as essence for real. So. As you were, as you were, I think, I mean, what stood out to me when you were telling the story was like, 
just how much time this all took. Like you yeah. would think that like if you said, hey, someone is in the wherever with an AR, not even like a handgun, but with an AR, like how can you kind of like take us through kind of like how you were feeling? Cause I know like, it's almost like you kind of felt a responsibility where no one else kind of did. And I think that's like the craziest part where if it probably wasn't for you being so persistent and so on it, where someone else probably would have been like, Hey, oh, there's someone with a gun. They probably would have screamed. Yeah. Yep. So how was, how was that? I mean, cause I would imagine that that would be really frustrating, right? Where you're like trying to alert someone to something and then he comes out with even more. So can you kind of take us through, like, it just seems like everyone was kind of not doing what they probably should have done, but you. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. It's funny only because again, it did happen. So it's still shocking. And maybe that is a coping mechanism for like yeah. an overwhelming, like, you know, type of situation. But it seriously was that though. I'll be honest on here as much as I can because I did tell every reporter and I didn't even talk to that many. I talked to Channel 2 and uh, Good Morning America as well as BuzzFeed and a few others. But a lot of people just took down some hearsay and everything like that. Maybe read the police report, put together a story. But they didn't include this part where it's like, yeah, I seriously was standing there because it's just like, my credibility of myself, like, you know, with myself and like my integrity with myself and just, again, with me and him, that guy, that moment right there where I tell him there's the AR in the bathroom, I wasn't looking to, you know, be on news or like, you know, be taking interviews because of this or like any of this stuff that has happened. But uh, I was literally, like you said, just frustrated at some point, just like, hey, like, this is my integrity. I told you there's a weapon in there it could possibly lead to him. Well, what habits, you know what I mean? And you're saying, he says on the phone, this was the, this part like made me stick there. Like, and I, and this is for certain. I don't know what would have happened if he didn't do this. He gets on the phone and he says, yeah, the customer thinks he sees a gun um, in the bathroom. And I was like, I said, when he hung up the phone, and I said, sir, just like that. I was just like, sir, you just told someone, you think I seen a gun? And I didn't think, sir, I seen it with my own two eyes and I would like for you to take this more seriously. So all of this is happening like, and again, the guys in the bathroom potentially now, now, you know, identified as his guns and everything I can speak on. And it's just like potentially now, yes, cocking and loading guns, getting ready. Like maybe the spill was an act. I mean, you know, a lot of criminals, you just read it or whatever like that. I did say this to my friends, I'm just like, a lot of criminals, my brothers and cousins <laughs> and things like that, you know, when they've gotten caught in the past and they do what they do, it's just like, it's because of something faulty. Like they over flooded the toilet. They didn't want to make too much noise and everything like that. And it's like, yeah, I thought about all of this in this time. Like my brain is going crazy in this 15 minutes. It's like, I've seen it happen in certain ways, not a mass shooting or like somebody loading a gun in the public, but I've, I've come from a place where people get into guns and things like that. And it's like, it takes just that amount of time for them to be thinking and contemplating about what they want to do maybe, and that can result in something. So it just, again, it sent my mind racing. I'm a very like, you know, imaginary person yeah. <laughs> when, it, or, you know, when it comes to that. So. Yeah. Cause it seems like if, you know, it's like, you know, we're everyone's blessed that like nothing did happen. But it's almost yeah. like something did that 
you know, that story that you would have told would have never been like the conversation of like someone reported it and someone was just slow. Everyone's just focused on the reaction, not like the cultural response to mass shootings, which I think is even like more important. Um, I mean, you know, Henry McCarthy chimed in, but I think it's just kind of like, you know, we can have this conversation about mass shootings, but it's also like, what is the apparatus? Cause I think we often focus on like schools, but like, how do we as a collective society try to combat it? And like, clearly this is an example of like, this just kind of seems like it just got lucky that the person might've just been slow. Yeah. Go ahead, Charles, on that. Oh, no, 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 I was just agreeing with him. You can go ahead, yeah, no, no doubt. Well, yeah, that's what, like, listening to it the whole time, I'm like, what the, like, are these people, like, not taking it seriously? Like, what's going on? Because for me, if you wouldn't have been, like, a person with some type of moral grounds or this background or whatever, whatever in your story brought you to standing there and making sure that something got done, if you wouldn't have been that person or whomever in that situation had that same, like, morale, then... Bro could have killed some foes. You know, we thank God that it didn't happen. So for me, like Noah said, the national conversation around like mass shootings and gun violence, we always try to like make it seem like, oh, like bro just went there, boom, boom, boom. Like everything just happened. But this took a lot of time and thank God it was like stopped in the act. However, if you weren't in the bathroom, had to go to the bathroom that day, you know, and another person would have went and said, hey, I think I see a gun in there. And they just would have kept moving about their day. That's a problem to me because it's like, are us, uh, is us as a, Americans, are we taking like mass shooting seriously? Or is it just like, yeah, whatever. Like, it, that, But even that, to like go further, like I'm thinking about this now, like where I think like, of course, like one issue ties into so many others. Cause like, you know, Charles, you could have been you know, if let's say if Instacart was your only, you know, occupation, you could have been like, hey, yo, I don't have the time because that's money. So it's like mm-hmm. economics comes into that, too, where it's like, you know, you can then, you know, a lot of times people don't have the ability to really advocate or to do certain things, because if you would have stayed there for 20 minutes, that 20 minutes could have meant, you know, you might not be able to feed your family or you might not be able to make enough for the rent in that given time so it's like there's like a bunch of different things that like tie yeah. in just where like some people just don't have even the time to do what you did and like you probably could have made more money if you just would have reported it in dips but like it's like a bunch of yeah. different like my cancellation definitely took a hit that day they didn't <laughs> let me off on that one so i was like man this is crazy so uh but Otherwise, like you said, though, it's it's a real issue um, just around the bigger conversation as well um, as to how, like, we come up with something. And I like the and it's it's out there. It's not something I'm quoting, but I like to make sure I, you know, call it preventative maintenance because we need to normalize that a little bit more. I know that's a big thing that we kind of get away from. We're always trying to look at after the fact or like what would happen if and like. What would happen if it never happened, though? You know what I mean? It never, you know, got to any point. So I I do like that part of everything coming about it and everything like that. Because, like I said, I can't say anything else about the words hero and people using superhero and stuff like that. I'm just like, man, I'm sitting back at a point where, like, the, the see something, say something thing did come into play for sure as to where, like, we are able to have this conversation because we don't know if it was potentially this or that or this or that. But 
it did spark up some thought in a lot of people's conversation, whether it was government conspiracies or again, him just wanting to do it. He is a black male. So it was like, this wasn't a thing about race or like, you know, it never came into any of that because it was just like, this was about a gun. Like, and now we can focus on guns in this story. And that's the blessing. I think that came out of everything because this is an open carry state. So you got to understand like, this is different down here to see a gun. This is not like I just jumped. This was more like I really did have to go into action, I guess. Yeah, because I was thinking like, you know, I live in Maryland and Maryland, like if you see someone just walking around with it, but I've been to states in the South where, you know, someone can walk into like a Piggly Wiggly with a nine and that's just kind of like. Yeah, that, and I've seen that. And I've seen right, that. Right, yeah. same. And I think like, um, can you, you know, for those other people, like, can you kind of take us in? Because it's, I mean, when I first kind of went down to the South and saw people carrying guns, you're like, oh, shoot. But can you kind of take us into kind of like how there is a difference between being an open carry state and what you saw? And like, not everyone might even think about it like that, even though it was an AR, so it's different. But like, how does kind of, you know, Georgia being an open carry state, do you think that kind of affected people's mindset on this or their, you know, willingness to react? Yeah, um, for sure. Because I mean, I you know, the whole thing about being in the media for the couple of days that I was really heavy and everything like that, as I even started to tell off of being in conversation, it was a focus of the people who are, you know, 2A proactive and everything like that, like really hard on it. I mean, I agree with 2A as well. Um, definitely, again, just coming from my background, I mean, I can't lie about that. It's, you know, it's just like I'm all the avid for having some type of protection in any case. If you are, you know, happen to be around that type of stuff or, again, mass shootings becoming more frequent and things like that in America, you wanting to just be proactive yourself on a situation, that's something I totally agree with. But they were in a different mindset at the time on it because it was just like, oh, so now when I go carry my gun, uh, some guy is going to tell on me and bring the police and SWAT and bomb squad in on me every time I... So you had a lot of those people as well, but most people were just like, hey, we're we're okay with you having your gun, but this is a situation where like, we all need to look at it. It's just like, please say something. And I did see people saying a lot of that where it was just like, please say something in these cases or please speak up in these cases where it's just like, we know Georgia, like, again, they tell you not to get in the road rage situations down here and things like that because of one, the stand your ground law as well. They have another law that's, um, you know what I mean? Besides open carry, you can walk around with your gun as well as stand your ground. If somebody gets into an altercation with you here in Georgia, you can properly defend yourself in the court of law. So look, bro, bro. Yeah. So, because one of the questions we have for you is like, for me, I just moved from DC like a couple months ago and I didn't realize like, like I'm from Georgia, but it, it, when I was younger, I guess I didn't pay attention to it or whatever. But like, folks carrying guns now, (laughs) to the point of what you just said of getting into a car altogether, whatever, like my chance, my stance on guns has changed since moving from DC to Georgia because I was not like I was not pro guns. I don't like guns. I don't think civilians should have them, etc. Yeah. Et That's how I personally feel. However, since moving to Georgia and 
almost getting into an altercation where, you know, the Thule was popped and bull. Um, my chin, my stand yeah. So we want to know, like, has being in Georgia, well, you already said, like, you're for protection, but, like, just to clarify, your stance on guns, like, has that shifted at all since being in Georgia, or has it made it more of a, like, you know, blatant thing, or, yeah, give us your mindset. Yeah, so, you know, uh, being being up there at Howard in D.C., I think the gun, I mean, I'm not a lawyer or nothing, but, like, think the gun laws, like, you would have to go through hell to get a pistol in D.C., like, you know what I mean? What you yeah. have to do to leave. Yeah. And yeah. then, okay. Yeah, and New York. New York is really hard. <laughs> 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> You're in. So, great. look, I heard right then. I thought it was a myth, but like, you can't even. I remember being there and just knowing, you know what I mean? Because I had a lot of friends that lived in the area, like, but it was just like, they had a lot of enemies as well. You know, if you're friends with people who come from, from Southeast DC, you know, like when we get to Howard, man. So it's just like uh, being there, being from Pennsylvania, um, Commonwealth, you know what I mean? We we can get our concealed carry and things like that, but you have to go through a little bit more to have a gun in Pennsylvania, um, as opposed to, again, Georgia or being in Missouri. My daughter's out there in uh, Missouri and everything and it's about the same way with the whole uh carrying situation um they have a lot of sign they have a lot more signs posted in Missouri um as far as like where you can and cannot carry they make it more clear and things like that but Georgia yeah like you said Henry uh moved down here man and I was just like I I do condone protection to an extent again as you can see but it's just like Georgia makes you like whoa it's real. Like you, you could either be for them or you're going to be against them here. There's no, there's no gray areas, black or white here when it comes to guns, because it's just like everybody, like, and it's not just the young kids who come from this place and that and that and the stigma. This is like Mr. Man got one, Ferrari got one, uh, beat down Honda got one, motorcycle got one, like, everybody is somewhere and that's just the thought though even if it's not true about most people you know what i mean even if they don't pursue getting a gun that's what people think the whole day it's just like he has the gun like they had the gun she has the gun do you think this easy access increases the gun violence that we experience in atlanta oh for sure um just like in missouri i think it's just easily um, if you look at the murder rates in St. Louis and everything like that, how far, you know what I mean? How many times they come up in the top two um, as small as they are compared to some cities? Um, you see, like, it's different from being from Pittsburgh, as small as it is. And as, you know, if you break down statistics, it's very dangerous there, especially for Black people in Pittsburgh, yeah. as far as gun violence. Um, it's nothing like that when you come to Georgia and, and go to Missouri, because it's just like, you can get shot here, 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 because there's guns everywhere. It is the accessibility of guns that has made it more prominent to, again, like I watch little kids and I ain't ratting on them because they put it out there, but it's just like, man, uh, the little kids who sell waters here in Atlanta, man, I feel bad sometimes about what they go and do and get into and who is guiding them because I give them $50 one day. He say, add me on Instagram. I add them on Instagram. He's toting three Glocks every other day. And I'm like riding around in a car, like in a vehicle. I mean, he has to be all of 15, 
14, maybe. And I'm like, Draco's, I mean, whatever, name it, name it. I've seen him have it. I've seen his friends have it. They all stand out there all day selling those waters. And I think that's commendable and everything, but they are, you know, making it more accessible for these kids to have weapons because it is Georgia. Like, I mean, you can literally walk in, sign your permit that day, what have it, or sign your paperwork, I apologize. Sign your paperwork that day, walk out with a gun. I mean, sit, boom. And if there's bullets available at this time, again, you can get some, but it's one of those states too, where it's just like people are armed um, and accessibility is definitely creating a lot more um, pathways for children to get into the light of even thinking about having a gun. I couldn't even think about it when I was a kid because it's just like, you gotta be this age to get a license and you gotta be this old to even handle a gun and things like that. Even with, you know, my neighborhood, my dad definitely holds, he's from Tennessee. So another state that again is easy on guns. So he has a lot of guns in Pennsylvania, but again, learning etiquette around it and things like that, I'm for it. But it's just like that accessibility of things does make me scared. Like I watch it, I watch it happen. So yeah, and I think like yeah, my- I think and I, I I'm from St. Louis, so I can attest to like how easy yeah. it is to get a gun. <laughs> but I think it's also important to like for when people break down like the, these dangerous cities and these top three like dangerous cities and stuff. They never include of how easy it is to get these weapons. Like that definitely plays a major part into why all of this violence is happening in these cities. So um, I really hope that that's a part of the conversation, especially after you, because it's so much more than see something, say something, because if you see something and you say something and then people don't do anything, it's kind of, it needs to be changed. Like the title needs to be changed because everyone needs to do something. Yeah. Um, so okay. it's just a broader conversation, but yeah, just want to say. No, yeah, because you know, if you go up to St. Charles, how many conventions they have up there every Yeah, time? yeah. <laughs> and I you think you might only need to be like 16 to go. Like yep. it's not, it's yep. not, but it's so crazy because no one brings that up when they talk about the violent city. It's just like the inner city people doing what the inner city people do, but it's like- Like we not... magically are gunsmithing. Yeah. Head, you know? Yeah. So, like, so I definitely, yeah. So that's what I'm trying to definitely do. It's been something I've been on for a while. It's like, as far as like my platform were organic and everything like that, um, that's what I'm looking to do is take different, you know, methods of, conditioning that we have and everything like that and kind of try to play their roles in the business i'm starting with like the whole drug aspect again i call it like same flips new dips because they call them dips you know i'm trying to make it appealing what have it but moving on into things like that like you said of doing something on the gun lines is just like along the lines of guns i'm sorry about that wording but it's just like um being able to do something further than just oh wow, vigil, we're vigil, we're vigil, we're vigil. And then it dies down like everything does. And then, boom, the next time a guy is walking up with an AR, nobody's like, hey, what's your intentions with the AR? Or I have seen it, but you know how this goes. Typically, um, police are in not only, you know, our neighborhoods that we frequent and things like that and our families frequent, um, they're now up in, you know, North Druid Hills here, uh, Marietta and things like that. Um, I've been shopping a lot since then um, still, but I get to see more armed officers inside the store now um, than I ever did. Like you can see the clear change here in Atlanta um, since the incident. So 
they haven't acted some things temporarily is what I would say, because typically it's a front. But um, I hope they do keep up stuff like that, because that's something I call for on the news and everything like that is to just get more police in places like that, because you're not going to do this at the Kroger on the West End because there's always two armed security guards. Like you're not you're not willing to even try to walk in and say, oh, I'm open carry law. Cut that. Get out the store. Like it's going to be like nobody's willing to tolerate that. So it won't happen. He knew he could walk into this public because it's like sadaisical all day. And if you do that, you don't make any change. Like you said, this is obsolete. The conversation, the hype, everything is just obsolete. Like, um, so I hope they do start enacting more um, armed officers in places where, again, you want to have them down here. You want to lock up all the air freshener, diapers, and Similac here. You know what I'm saying? They think they can get away with it up here at Atlantic Station because you don't do that. And so let's see at least that. You know what I mean? I didn't call for much, uh, but they do need to do that at least, at least. So with everything that you just said, like, what do you want your peers to take away from this experience? Um, well, really just that. I mean, in essence, it's just like, again, I, this was by chance for me, guys. So um, if anything, just make sure we are saying something. Again, we're cool. I mean, again, family ties into a lot of different things, rent ties, neighborhood ties. I know guns, I've seen guns. It's just like, it's not lame or you're not a snitch. You're not any of that because again, I stand on my two feet all day. I even talked to the guy again, I didn't report him. I reported a gun because it was just careless to have an AR in a bathroom stall where anybody can get to it. I am not taking no crap. Uh, I you were still trying to save him after all of that. <laughs> Look, 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 because again, I just never wanted my integrity to take a hit. He'd come out and be like, man, because he is, he did get a psych, he did get a psych view and um, a barber. And I will say this really quickly, uh, as quick as possible, but a barber did come forward and say he knew him to carry some type of weapon, you know, not weapons and get ready and all of this stuff. So it was still a different case. He was still shocked too. I watched him be shocked when he figured out what he had. So it was just like, okay. But the police have had run-ins with them too, and they didn't report any of that. The police know this guy like frequently almost, you know, to some extent. So they didn't handle him bad and they got a psych interview immediately. So I will say, again, I ain't trying to think, but I will say I do want to make sure it still is the focus of like, you know, I wasn't, I don't want to make anybody feel lame that feels like speaking up too. So I kind of want to take away from that, if anything, a little bit that stigma of like. Oh, it's just like staying on your two feet and make sure you're protecting people and looking out for people. Uh, the kids in the store, I have a two-year-old daughter. Look out for my daughter, your nieces and nephews and things like that. Because again, people who handle their business out here in these streets and whether or not they're good for it or not, and it's never good. But again, to them, it's a certain politics. But this was a different situation, people. Movie theaters, I'm still scared when I go to movie theaters. I don't even like crowding up downtown now. I look over my shoulder myself. So the paranoia is real. The conditioning is real from real events. So this is not like something they're just spooking us with. This is taking a real trauma on people, even people like myself, as you can see, because I, I would never hesitate. Mox, uh, gun, 
I don't care bag. I I literally can't drive past the bag on the street without thinking about it being something. You know what I mean? Just possibly. So sometimes I'm just even paranoid myself. So that paranoia comes in handy. Um, again, it's never just there because I've seen guys in front of me in line with their Glock 9 or whatever they have on them um, in the grocery store as well. So this was just a different situation. It's suspicious. It's suspect, whatever sus, whatever you call it. Like, please say something. Please say something, peers and family and friends, because <laughs> we need this. Like, I, I will say that we need this. We need this big. Like, we need to do things like do and not just say, but do things. Stand there with that clerk. Don't let these folks walk over your words as well. Because, again, I could have just walked away and been like, oh, he thinks I seen a gun. I'm going home. And events play out. You know what I'm saying? Nah, I so. hear you. I hear you for sure. Um, so, yeah, like, I thank you for, like, sharing that experience, um, opening up a few different, like, conversations that I need to have. In my head, um, we thank you as a team, as a crew. Um, before we, like, close out, can you tell us where can we keep up with your brand? Where can we follow you? Uh, yeah, on Twitter, that's organic LLC underscore. Um, just change that over. It is Charles Russell, if that's harder to find or something like that, because it's newer or whatever. But um, I'm also constructing the Instagram right now. That'll be organic LLC underscore as well. Same thing. Um, either way, my email's on my Twitter. What'd you say? <laughs> did you say keep pushing your stuff bro promote your stuff oh oh yeah yeah yeah. so but uh just uh general so i was gonna say i do besides promoting me my podcast and everything coming up on the 20th i'm gonna launch my first episode of the 20th i want to wear and get some of y'all merch so i need some prices on that asap you know what i'm saying like i've been buying Heck of a lot of merch, so I'm gonna buy two of those. Actually, I'm gonna say this right here: I'm gonna hey, buy so two of those and give one away to somebody as well. Um, so let's do that. Give me some prices to my DM right now. Look, we Don't hear that. With me. We hear I'm so serious. Talking about the merch, make sure y'all shopping at what's really going on. Yeah, that joint is hard too. Dot <laughs> com backslash shop. You know, if you're watching the video, I have it on live right now. You can also check out Instagram and Twitter for live pictures of the merch at WRGO Pod. Make sure you like, subscribe, follow, tweet, all that great stuff at what's really going on on Apple Podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud. Everything you can listen to a podcast on. You know what I'm saying? We out. Peace.